Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi, everyone. This is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plan with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for joining us today. We have got back our favorite, Mary York Oates. She's Director of Admissions at Charlotte Latin. Thanks for coming, Mary York. Thank you. Um, today, we're continuing our discussion that we started in the fall that's based on Jessica Leahy's book, The Gift of Failure. And if you haven't read this, like we've said before, we highly recommend it for parents with kids of with kids in all stages and of all ages. So definitely check that one out. Um, But today we're talking about college admissions and we're calling it the gift of second choice. And what do we mean by that? The gift of second choice is finding the positives and getting into your quote, second choice school. College admissions are a beast, we all know, but how do we work to change our kids and our points of view on the matter? How do we change what we think is a flawed system? We do it in baby steps, and this podcast is just that, just one tiny baby step in the process. So we're going to dive into this, and we'll be referencing a recent article by the Wall Street Journal titled How to Fix the College Admissions by Melissa Korn, and we'll link to that back in the show notes. The article offers some ideas for how to change the system, such as eliminating SATs and ACTs, getting rid of rankings, ending preferential treatment for legacies, and a few other things. It's a really great article, and we highly recommend you read it. So Mary York, um, what stood out to you in the article? I was fascinated by both the college board selling scores, which I had actually Mm -hmm. read about and had learned about, but college boards, ACT, Mm -hmm. SAT, um, those organizations, actually, I guess when you sign up, you probably sign some waiver that says you, you know, you're, and when you think about kids getting all of the mail after they take the SATs, it's like selling a list. It's like a visa list. It's the same thing. So I was really fascinated with the, the thought that a that colleges would actually buy information, buy data from those um, unsuspecting students. Unsuspecting students, and also from something that I think of as a nonprofit, but it's not a nonprofit. So, right. but you, you sort of get confused about that. But that they would actually buy these scores for the sole purpose to increase their direct mail, mm-hmm. which then um, would lead to more um, targeted application requests because we all know kids love to be loved and they get a card that says oh Princeton hopes that you apply and I'm not shouting out to Princeton I don't you know yeah. I don't know that they buy right. the scores but a but, selective, they, but it's targeted it's to targeted, what you can get into right mm-hmm. when they're not going to take a child with a 1400 they're really only going to take kids with the 1600 right. because as she says in the article corn says it's really a lottery to get into these schools and I've heard that before but I was kind of fascinated by that and I also was fascinated how the common app has created a larger perception of scarcity. And I see that even in my work mm-hmm. in admissions is that when you really look at, at numbers of applicants, so if 10,000 people apply to a school that can only take 400 or 30,000 people apply to a school that can only take mm-hmm. 400, then they become more selective right. based on a number when, when in reality, probably 80% of those applicants are not qualified. Mm-hmm. 
Or do you think that some of the schools will look at those scores and be like, you know what, that student's really not going to pick us based on their scores. But it helps the school say, oh, we are top tier because we're only accepting percent, X percent. X percent. Right. Yeah. But what it's inflated because of the common core. Exactly. Yeah. And they're driving, they're literally, the industry is driving a perception of scarcity in those two ways and paying for it. Right. And that was like, wow. Yeah. That that just oh, it makes sense. It, it does. makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the it, article does reference perhaps like an idea. One of their ideas is to have kids um, uh, not apply to so many schools. Like right. Well, I think they should cap it. Right. They totally should cap it. Cap the schools, which I think is a great idea. It would really lessen the stress for for everyone. For everybody. For the students. For mm-hmm. the admissions. For the high school admission. You know, everyone. Yeah. All the counselors. I think it would. Um, yeah, because it's really easy to just shoot out applications yeah. to 50 schools. Right. You, know, you still have to pay a fee. So people aren't going to apply to that many. But I know people who applied to like 15. Right. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. right. really? And right. top tier schools that yeah. require more than just the common app essay. And right. also, if you're the kid, you think, well, you know what? You know, sure, let me sure. try. You can't get in if you don't yeah. enter. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I like winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. So I was fascinated by that. I'm also very intrigued by some of the other, the, they talk about the essay. There's yes, that's huge. I a, thought that was a great idea. Yeah. They said to maybe do almost like a pop quiz essay where you give them an hour and a prompt, and, that, and yeah. it just like mm-hmm. it showcases more. It's not going to be as well written, but it showcases more about how they can think on their feet, and right? Who they are. So talk about writers. the essay a little yeah. bit, like yeah. for people who don't know, yeah, or not so there yet. They rec- They said that the essay. I think everything that this article was sort of pushing towards, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later, was that privileged. Right. Students have so many advantages. One, SAT prep. Two, the essay, the one that we were going to talk about now. A lot of people that work on, there's an industry that does essay prep, and they help you with your essay, and the students polished it, the students written it. Um, They've had a lot of adult interaction with it. Um, Maybe parents have gotten involved. Maybe a school teacher has gotten involved, or their college counselor has gotten involved, or they've hired someone to help with that. And so it is such a, um, it's not in real time, like mm-hmm. a timed essay would be. I mean, th- right. there, would be, there would be plenty of people that said timed essays would then be completely unfair to kids that w- take longer to write. Yes, you're right. You know? yeah. So, I mean, there are all kinds of right. ways to, to talk well, about Well, then that opens up another can of worms of people extended who truly time. need the extended time yes. and people who pay for the extended exactly. time. Exactly, exactly. Right. And the only way you can get extended time is to do a very expensive Psycho ed battery. Mm -hmm. And so, again, we're talking about people that have resources to sort of enhance the application. But I did think that was pretty interesting. And at Charlotte Latin, the children that apply um, from fifth through 11th grade take the IC exam, independent school entrance exam, and there is a written, timed written portion on it. And actually, that is the best piece of material because I can look at a score and maybe the reading comprehension was not great because Mm -hmm. maybe the passage, there's so many maybes. Maybe the passage was science and this is a real artsy kid or maybe the passage was sports and this is a, you know, really bookish kid. And so maybe they kind of lost their attention span. But when they write, you can really see their command of language. And that does give you a sense of how they think and what they believe in, and it's not so. It can be so, sort of sloppy, but mm-hmm. maybe more authentic. Yeah. No, I 
I would, I think that's amazing. What about blowing up the, um, or not blowing up, getting rid of the ACTs and SATs? What do you think about that? Like as an admissions director, like can you, can you still have a bar if there's not qualifiers like that? I will say that the test tells you something. It yeah, doesn't so too. tell you everything. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's a piece of the puzzle. And I think the situation that is the most complicated or the most revealing and the most helpful are when scores are particularly low. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about SATs, if if it's if kids can't make over 400 in the verbal and the math, that gives you really specific information. And it right. could be exposure or it could be horsepower or it could could be a lot of things. If you see something in the midland range, mm-hmm. to me, that doesn't that could tell me it was a bad day or a, they didn't do test prep. Yeah. And then if you see something really high, that tells you something. Right. So I think for the kids in the middle of the range, it's it's definitely um, something I would throw out pretty quickly, or it just wouldn't. I would say not to be too discouraged mm-hmm. if your scores are in the top 65th percentile, but the number doesn't feel so high. Well, I feel like that a lot of the universities have gone back to you can pick one or the other instead of enforcing both. Right. So I think that's yeah. good, a needle in the right direction. I don't know that you could ever really eliminate, toss that out. Yeah. Because you do that. need a gauge. And, there, and, and, you know, this article also talked about some students who just don't test well. And our counselors at our high schools are like, you know, that's not an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not testing well is not an option, but, there, but, this, but it's a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have test anxiety. Well, I have I it. thought it was amazing that um, – I, I can't remember the schools, Harvard or Yale, like – like three times over, they could pick someone with a perfect SAT, right? A perfect. perfect math SAT score, and I was like, "That's amazing!" And they need to do that a lottery. They all that have many it. people scoring perfectly uh, on math. That's right. amazing. They all, they all have it. Yeah, I mean, That's everyone going, like the scores become a non-factor because they're all perfect. Yeah. It's in those type of schools, it's yeah. really but is really there bizarre. a there's not an increase in that? Is there an increase in that number today? I saw um, some really. This is I saw some data that was like so boring and dull so I'm not going to get too much into this report but there was a huge gap between that kind of 65th percentile 70th a lot of people fall in that middle range and then a very very small slice is at the top right you know perfect score range it's bell curve yeah. right I mean, right it's a bell, a bell curve. curve exactly you know. but that 20 percent they are they are the ones that are going to get into these schools, and not that every school looks at it right at that. Well, they should. Mm-hmm. They should get into. Well, those. they've got some kind of something. Yeah, that is, there's something know, very special. There's about something those very special about their brain and the way they acquire mm-hmm. language. What about sure. um, when they talked about eliminating early decision like that? I feel like that's that definitely skews towards the privilege. Absolutely, and, the full um, pay. Full paying and, you know, because we just went through this process last year and I was like, well, well I don't know. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we can't commit. Mm-hmm. You can't. Binding. It's a binding, it's binding contract. contract. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's a scary that's jump a big one. Is, because yeah. you might be applying to Davidson and mm-hmm. then you might be looking at Chapel Hill, too. But, you know, how what's the price yeah. discrepancy between the two and how much are you going to get? Right. Exactly. So I've, I think that the, the ED has come as an antidote to the common app. Like, OK, if and the financial sustainability. Like, I'm going to get these people, they're going to either pay or accept their package they get for Mm -hmm. financial aid if they're qualifiers. Um, It is definitely advantageous 
if your interest is to get into a more selective school, mm-hmm. I think that the Ivies, I, I, I read a stat last year that I think Brown takes has it's a 12% admission rate if you go ED and a five if you go regular. So, mm-hmm. you know, your, your chances are twice as good if yeah. you go ED, if, if that's where you want to go. Right. right, and if that's what you're doing, you know. But a lot of I, I, our college counselor said one time, I thought it was just so funny, that she was talking to a student in the student's junior year, and the student said, I, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going ED. And she laughed, and she said, that's kind of like saying, I don't know who I'm going to marry, but I'm going to marry him on November 15th, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that is so random. So That is. Do you think they'll eliminate it? No. I don't think so. I don't either. think so either. It's too big of a moneymaker, I would it think. Is. It, it is. It really does come it's down It's too to big of a sure sad. thing. Yeah. Too. And it skews all the numbers. Um, just cuts out the congestion. I liked that. Just, I don't know if that was this article that I read or yeah. another one, but they talk about how the marketplace has gotten so clogged. There's so many mm-hmm. applicants. Right. Volume is a problem if you're in admissions. It's a good problem to have, right. but it is tough to manage. It is a I will, problem. I will put my admissions hat on that. How do we, and this is just an open-ended question that we'll never be able to answer, but a lot of the stress stems from parents' anxieties. Mm-hmm. You know, your kid gets into an amazing school and it shows very favor- favorably on you as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, if you did this. It's a win. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. win, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we get past that? I mean, is it, a, are we able to get past it? Is it something that maybe our kids will change? No, I mean, pick yeah. better friends is what I say. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding about that. But I not think really. that, yeah, kind of <laughs> not really, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, not I'm, sorry. Yeah. I think that there is this sort of bumper sticker phenomenon, yeah. you know. Uh, you've got the Yale sticker on the back of your car, therefore you must have done something right. Um but or I, Chapel Hill. Or Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. Or Chapel we Hill. We can yeah. Right. Scale I mean, it down a little bit. You know the interesting thing about Chapel Hill, and I remember, this is just a nugget of information, but the average SAT score for Chapel Hill, at, or the lowest SAT score for Chapel Hill in one population that I read about, was fourteen sixty was the lowest score of SATs. Now that is rarefied air people. That is a different percentile. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to kind of realize that Chapel Hill, even though it's our state, our flagship university, if you live in Mecklenburg County, you're you're in the... That's elite. It's it's elite. elite. And Mm -hmm. if you live in a county of that is very different, you know, but my advice is if that's what you want, move to a different county. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to get in from here. It is very hard to get in from here. Absolutely. Um, It's like having a Harvard bumper sticker but I I think that the I think that the parents and we've talked about this so many times but I think that the parents are so deep down they're really just so anxious about the whole process and therefore when their child does achieve something it it is we're talking about how special and how really lucky these kids are because there are a lot of kids that are qualified that aren't making it through the cut Mm -hmm. um but I feel like we have fed into a hysteria, mm-hmm. definitely an obsession. There are lots of books about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Bruni's, you know, Where You Go. I know you're going to put that on the website, Where yeah. You Go. It's not who you'll be. There's so, it is so important for us to remember that this is but one step right. in their mm-hmm. future. Right. And I'll never it's a, it's forget. A nugget. A, great friend of mine who's so down to earth and has three college age kids one went to Davidson one went to Furman one went to Clemson so great schools mm-hmm. they had the benefit of great experiences and all the rest of it but one of her friends had a child that got into Stanford and she said to my friend she's set for life she got into Stanford my friend's like 
well, she could have a horrible marriage or have a yeah. terminal, mm-hmm. de, you know, terminal illness or mm-hmm. set for life. She got into a great school. Right. And that is really sad. neat. Yeah, it's yeah. sad that in, but it's that sad it's the that pinnacle of, and they're, they're 18. Well, and, and they still have to be successful. Yeah. Well, let's cool. talk about the financial, the financial output of all of this, too. And, and the trade, you know, there's a lot of business corporations that are going towards trade training mm-hmm. like you know you spend two hundred thousand dollars three hundred thousand dollars on school right out of the gate I mean what when when are you going to break even and what yeah. is your major going to be to yeah better not, realize yeah. that gain there's this this is a topic that's being talked about a lot and I've read a lot about it I read the paper really thoroughly on Saturdays I sit mm-hmm. down and read the paper from cover to cover Wall Street Journal is the one I love to read but the there's a lot of interest around this debt to earnings ratio mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you go to a school and let's pick an ivy if you go to princeton and you're a business major or you're going to go to law school you and or you go to you go to Harvard Law, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get that money back because that right. degree. Yeah. There's a value yeah, on your education exactly. right there. Absolutely. But if you go to a for-profit college, mm-hmm. and I won't mention any, but let's just use that terminology, a for-profit college and you, that are very expensive or an online college, a lot of those are very expensive. Right. Yeah. And you degree in you get a degree in business. Wells Fargo is not going to hire you. Right, they're going to hire because, the kid yeah. that went to Wake or right. South Carolina, or mm-hmm. they're going to go to a bricks and mortar, non for profit, higher ed, because that's their experience. So a lot of people get tricked into going to schools they really can't afford and achieving degrees. Mm-hmm. For example, they the the article I read um, referenced a child going to the University of Alabama, which is an expensive school out of state, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were a theater major. And they would make $14,000 as a drama teacher in the state of Alabama if Mm. they were to stay there. So, you know, I'm thinking, no, maybe that's not value add. But if you went to University of Alabama and you were in a different – you went to University of Alabama Law School, which is one of the top in the country – but then, then you're paying out of state law. Well, right. not law school. But at least it's something yeah. that has a value right. that is attached to the degree. So right. I would really say to parents, look at the outcome. Look at the outcome. Mm-hmm. Look at the major. Look right. at you know. Look at the schools. And there's that, a lot more that goes to, you know, we're talking about second choice. Maybe it's third choice. Maybe it's fourth choice. There's a lot more that goes into where they go. That's more than their numbers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's their mental health. It's mm-hmm. their. There's so many their things social, that come into play yeah. that you don't even think about when you're their gearing food. up for it. It's not their, black and white. It's not an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's not. It's it's, yeah, it's that. like it, there's so many different things to consider, mm-hmm. and um and I don't know. It's it's a scary. It's it's a really expensive choice it wherever is. it is. And I think that, but it doesn't have to be permanent either. There's always right. tra- you know transfers and all that. I mean. You know, right. I think that's another thing to th- keep in mind, especially, you know, to tell the kids, like, you can make this decision, and it is a really big decision, but it's also not, like, a tattoo. It, well, exactly. Here, yeah. But don't get what? a tattoo at that school for right. the first year. Right. Exactly. Just in case you, just transfer. In case you transfer. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's, but that's a sad way to, like, you know, because we were kind of faced with that, and it's a sad way to go into, like, woo, I'm going to college, but you might transfer, you know? Right. So you kind of want them to go in all in. Like, mm-hmm. you're in this for at least a year. But my other thought was, as going through this process, there's a lot of kids, you know, we came out of a private school, too. There's a lot of kids that going away to school right after college, right after high school, 
is not the right thing, mm-hmm. but the language at our prep school, mm-hmm. our you know, nine through twelve Everybody's prep going. school, everyone's going. And it's like we should talk there should be more language about mm-hmm. bridging and more language about community college and more language about the gap year because Absolutely. it's so humiliating for a lot of those students to even consider it. You yeah. know, and it's mm-hmm. like but it's the right. It's not a failure for, no. for some. No, right? it's you know right. sometimes the kids are too young, or sometimes they're just not mentally prepared, or they don't know what they're going to do, mm-hmm. and it's a normal thing to be. But the language at the schools is not there, mm-hmm. at least in the private schools. I'm sure the language might be a little bit more prevalent in public school, but yeah. I noticed that you know kind of deep in, and I was like, why? Why wouldn't we talk about mm-hmm. community college? We have CPCC right here. Right. It's an awesome school. and It's another way to get to Carolina, people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? two years, you're in. Mm-hmm. You're in wherever you want to mm-hmm. go. And you've saved. Look at all the money that you've saved. But, yeah. but what you didn't save is face, you right. know, yeah. and the bumper sticker. And mm-hmm. um, But it's like, you know, by the time you realize that that might be your option, you're kind of in too deep. You know. Right. I think we've created this, we as parents have created this kind of weird phenomena that you should get your first choice mm-hmm. and that it's almost kind of an artificial pursuit. Mm-hmm. And while you're eligible, I love the child. We've had children at Latin that have had top tier and mm-hmm. they, they, they'll they tell me where they're going to school and I'll say, oh, wow. And I'm thinking, you know, well, this kid's definitely going Ivy. And they'll say, I am so excited. I'm going to Missouri. And I'm like, Really? Now wow. tell me how yeah. you picked that. I've always wanted to be a journalist. Oh. You know, it's got one of the best journalism schools. And yeah. and, and that is the kind of thing that That's really cool. makes you think, wow, they've got a pulse. You yeah, know? right. They've got a heartbeat. They're, mm-hmm. they're interested they're smart. in mm-hmm. something. And so this whole thought, thought of a second choice is one that Tony Jarvis, who was the headmaster at Roxbury Latin School in Boston, which was a boys' school, and definitely he did these chapel talks. So mm-hmm. he was famous for these because it was it had a religious component to it. But he talks about how the kids that get their second choice are the ones that have resiliency and also are the ones that maybe dig a little deeper and mm-hmm. think about who they are and yep. make the best of a situation that they they anticipate this anticipation of what college is going to be mm-hmm. and that this my first choice is going to come true. There's so many matches out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. I think that's how we really mm-hmm. we parents that need to realize that no child deserves an education, but mm-hmm. every child has access and mm-hmm. you know we can only do the best we can do and developmentally mm-hmm. if they're dragging their feet on applying, maybe they're not ready. Right. Which right. is just to your point, Jen. Well, Mary York is going to supply us with some further reading, and we'll put that in the show notes and on the website. So definitely look for those. Um, Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. As always. And you can find Charlotte Latin School at charlottelatin.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Latin School and on Twitter at Charlotte Latin. And you can find us, Charlotte Smarty Pants, online or on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Smarty Pants and on Twitter at Charlotte Smarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottesstarroom.com.